five, game starts at six, and the concert is after the game. And now, back to our regularly scheduled broadcast. And so, truth of the matter is, you know, we were doing our marriage seminar, and, you know, Pastor Brian said men like to have fun. So, you know, we were doing some wrestling. I put the smack down on him, and so he's recovering. Nice. Not really. <laughs> but he's not here to defend himself, so. <laughs> nope, sure can't. And my phone's turned off and vibrates, so I can't hear him if he tries to text me either. So. <laughs> Yeah, but I can't, live stream can see me, but I can't see live stream. So if he's going, uh, 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 I'm like, mm, sorry, you should have spoke up. Not really. God instructed Brian to have some alone time, to get alone with God. Um, and what's really exciting is that if he gets alone with God, that means God's got something to say to him. And if God says something to our pastor, that means our pastor's going to show up with something to say to us. And it's always good because God is always good. But it was kind of last minute. So, didn't really have a message. And I was like, all right, Lord. So I was praying and seeking God on it Monday and kind of had a leading that there was a little bit left to wrap up from last week's Love Thy Neighbor. And I was like, but I'm going to just keep praying on and I'm going to keep seeking. And I came, woke up Tuesday, then opened up my Tuesday devotion. And what do you know? It's Love Thy Neighbor. And I'm like, okay, gotcha. So, this shouldn't be too long. Not like Pastor Brian Long. No, really. Look, it's only two sheets of notes. <laughs> now I forget which one's first. Yeah, but never mind. I'm going to stop talking before I get in trouble, just in case he's watching. <laughs> Love you, baby. Praying for you. Mean it. Hello, live stream. We have fun here. God is fun. And I'm your neighbor, so you have to love me. <laughs> yeah, that's it. The end. Okay. No, really. All right. So <laughs> I did. Barrett was just so plain, Jane, that, you know. Okay, I'm going to tell you. Look, my jokes are not bad. Here's example A. And I only need one exhibit. Look, Paul's going, oh, God. Look, this isn't my joke, and this is bad. And when I say it's bad, you know it's bad. So look, okay, so we went in the store, and it had an a alligator with a vest on it. And the sign says, what do you call an alligator in a vest? An investigator. I was like, oh, Lord, bless them. So I prayed for them as I walked out the door. So look, my jokes aren't bad. That was bad. Yeah, see, Jeff's got my back, at least on this one. All right, let's get started. No, really. Okay, Luke 10, 27 reminds us of the great commandment, which says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. But in this story, this little lawyer thinking he's being all crafty and everything. So over in verse 29, he goes and he asks, Barrett's laughing at me. The man wanted to justify his action, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Thinking he was going to you know, get an answer that justified his actions, but, you know, Jesus knows how to put people in his place in love. But, you know, you look at the world today, we don't know who our neighbor is. 
There are so many people in this world and there are so many needs that it is easy to forget who is your neighbor. And it's easy to get overwhelmed by the needs and say, I can't fix it. So just, you know, throw your hands up in the air and don't wave them like you don't care. But, you know, just give up. You know, I can't make a difference, so why bother? But we forget that Jesus wasn't saying that it's our job to meet the needs of every single person in this world. That is not at all what he was saying. He didn't teach that in any way, shape, or form. But I want you to look at the Good Samaritan story. You have a wounded man who was directly in the path of three men. The priest and the Levite were his race, his nationality, and they walked around him. And... Jeff told a little bit about it last week. There was a racial and a religious hatred against the Jews and the Samaritans. Not only did they not want to be associated with each other, they didn't even want to speak to each other. They just as soon walk around like each other didn't exist. So devout Jews wouldn't talk to Samaritans. But yet you had two fellow countrymen walk right past this wounded man. We do this a lot in the world nowadays. Then you had his, you know, arch enemy of the time stop and help him. Stop and do what was needed. The Samaritan who was considered by religious law to be of another nationality, another religion, was the true Samaritan, was the true neighbor. And Jesus made it clear, you can't judge your neighbor by their nationality, their geographic origin, or even how familiar you are with them. Well, I don't know them. I can't help them. So when you want to know what is my neighbor, your neighbor is who God puts in your path. So how do I help them? Well, I'm so glad you asked. You help them by being familiar with Brian's message on flesh reality versus spirit reality. Because when you're walking in the flesh and most most of us have been or are there. It's like, well, God, if you want me to help, help him, give me a sign. Or let me pray about it and then I'll be back. And sometimes that's okay. Sometimes it is okay to say, I'll pray on it and get back to you. But sometimes you don't have time to pray on it. You need to know right now. So you need to be able to hear from God. You need to be walking in the spirit realm. So that when God speaks to you and says, yes, Tara needs help, you're the one to do it. And sometimes God may say, yes, Tara needs help, but not this, not this time. There's someone coming right behind you that needs to help her. Yeah. It's okay if God tells you. Because if he tells you to keep walking, then your obedience is walking in love. Your obedience is realizing, I may not be able to help Tara with what she needs, but Barrett can. And sometimes we get in the way by walking in pride instead of by walking in the spirit and listening. And whatever God tells us that person needs, that's what they need. And being a neighbor is listening to the spirit of God. So who is our neighbor? Here's just a few things, because people don't think of these as neighbors. I didn't think of this one until God pointed it out. How about your spouse? I'm like, 
that's a good one. You're so smart, Lord. And then he reminded me, because see, I know none of y'all do this, just me. You know, and Brian and I are having a conversation, and we rarely ever fight. But there will be times when, you know, Brian's got an opinion, and I've got a different opinion, and I'm going to prove my opinion is right. And I'm like, but look, let me tell you, okay, look, it's because of this, and because of this, and because of this. And God stopped me one time and said, why is it so important that yours is right? Yeah. Are you one? Yeah. Well, yeah, but, n- no, no, but. Are you one? Yeah. Is that your neighbor? Yeah. So are you supposed to love Brian as you love yourself? Yeah. So instead of trying to prove your point, instead of walking in pride, how about you love him or her, you love that spouse as yourself, and how about trying to prove them right? Yeah. Ever tried to do that? Not many people have. Unless you argue with my man, then I'm going to prove him right. (laughs) But when, I mean, God showed me that, and I was like, dude. And I was like, oh, sorry, I just called you dude. Then he laughed at me and said that was okay. (laughs) He's like, it's a good point, isn't it? I said, yeah. He said, you should try that sometime. And I was like, yeah, I should, shouldn't I? (laughs) Like I said, I know that was not preaching to any of y'all, just me. Your boss or your co-worker? That's a neighbor. How'd that go over, Jeff? Jeff did very well. How about we look at them not as just a royal pain in the rear, but we realize that they may be struggling to make ends meet. They may have hungry mouths to feed. Maybe they're the only person working in their family. Or maybe they've been in that job for year after year after year, and they've seen initiative after initiative and junk after junk, and they just want to come to work, do their job, and go home. Every one of us has been that way. So how about we come into work, and although they try to, you know, boss us around and make us look like idiots and, you know, want to call us greenies or whatever you call them, you know, and just try to make our day measurable. How about no matter what they do, we try to be the light in their life. We try to make their day easy so that they, out, they don't hate coming to work. I know Jade had a story of a girl at work with her. Just started, didn't know Jade from anybody and was just being mean as all get out. And Jay did right. She picked up the phone and said, I don't know what to do with this girl. I've not done anything to her. I don't know why she's being so mean to me. But I just want to either punch her or cry. What do I do? And we talked about it and we prayed together. And she realized no matter what, I have to be the light. It's not just a shirt we wear. It's not just a phrase we say. I have to be the light. I have to sow love into her. And she did. And in the grand scheme of things, it didn't take very long before she got, what, an email that said, I am so sorry. I listened to, you know, rumors or the voices in my head or whatever. But, I mean, I've, I've seen you after all this time, as mean as I've been to you, and you've just stayed nice to me. Yeah. 
and I've not deserved it. I mean, this girl would order food for everybody in the whole place except for Jade. So, I mean, it wasn't like it was a small deal. I mean, it was, everybody knew. But Jade took that opportunity to sow love into her. And that girl came back and asked for forgiveness. That's what we need to do at work. By world's terms, Jade had every right to tell her off and rip her a new one and, you know, file a complaint. But instead, she sowed love. And if God is love, that's sowing God. How about the person in the grocery store? Oh, I had this one the other day. And God had to check me. Thankfully, he checked me before I was there. But I'm doing my little grocery cart and kind of in a hurry. I got things to do, places to be. And there's this woman in the aisle. And not only was it one woman, but it was two women in one aisle. And not to be rude, but they were not small women. So there was not much room to get past these ladies. And I'm walking up there, and I'm like, well, okay, what is this, social hour at the Walmart? I mean, and my flesh just starts going off. Can't they push their buggies out of the way? Can't they just scoot over and have their little social hour? Don't they know people need to get through? And God said, oh, I'm sorry. Was this world all revolving around you? I was like, no. And then he casually reminded me, how do you know they didn't just have a death in the family? How do you know one of them hasn't had a bad day? Maybe they're friends that have been estranged for 10 years and they've just seen each other for the first time in 10 years. And maybe it's none of the above. Maybe it's just they saw a friend and needed a smile, wanted to fellowship. Is it really going to hurt me to take 10 extra steps to go around them? I mean, truth be known, I'm not a size two. I could probably use a few extra steps myself. But either way, do we stop and think that or do we do like I did and just, you know, start to get all fluffed, you know, fluffed up because it's been a long day and I'm tired and I want to get home and I've got three kids by myself this week and so I've got to get this taken care of and that taken care of. And all of my complaints were about myself. What I, what I needed to do was just shut up and smile and go on past them and have a good day. But I didn't. What about the, re, the rude waitress? How many of us sit there and go, it is her job to serve me. Doesn't she know that I am her pay? I am her tip. I have been waiting for 20 minutes for a refill on my tea. Who does she think she is? And to just toss my silverware down. Like she's got something else to do besides serve me. This is her job. Mm, there goes her tip. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. How about instead we go, mm, I bet she has had some customers today because it is written all over her face. Yeah. We did that the other day. We went to Cracker Barrel. Um, and the lady just wasn't nice. She's like, here's your table. I'll be back. And it was like, oh, okay, <laughs> I guess this is where we're sitting. So we sat down, and she came back and was kind of in a hurry, and she goes, y'all ready for your drink orders? And I said, yes, we are. I said, but have you had a good day? And she goes, I mean, it kind of took her back. She's like, well, I mean, it was until 30 minutes ago when the manager sent all the floor people home, and then suddenly we get a rush of customers. 
so it's me and one other person on the floor. I said, I'm so sorry. I said, I will be praying that your day goes better. I said, we're going to be super easy. How about this? We want four waters. You bring them whenever it's convenient. And the whole rest of the time, she was really friendly to us. Because we stopped long enough to love thy neighbor, even though thy neighbor may not have been really lovable. It takes just a moment. And the only obstacle in the way is ourselves. The only thing keeping you from loving your neighbor is yourself. 1 John 4.10. That's a good one. Let me ask you this. Because we kind of brought this up last week about the, um, the guy in Charleston. How about the person sitting in church with you? We do meet and greet every service. Think about when you're doing meet and greet and there's people here that you don't know, especially on Sunday. That's typically when we get our, when we get our guests. And sometimes we have guests that don't look good. They may not smell good. They may not act good. They may go and sit in a seat and never get off their rear ends and look like they're mad at the world. Do you go to them? Do you love on them or do you just go to your group? Because this isn't a high school clique. This is a place where we wrap our arms around everybody, no matter how they look, smell, act. So on Sundays, I encourage you, before you say hey to the people you know, go to somebody you don't know. Go to a neighbor. We want people to walk out of here going, my goodness, that place was just slapped full of people who like to hug. I've never been hugged so much in my life. They may not hear a word that the pastor preaches, but if they walk out knowing that there was love in this building, they walked out with God. And when they're here, this is our opportunity to sow love into them. And we said it last week, what if somebody, just one person that was led to do that, to that young man in Charleston, What if they'd have been obedient? And that could have changed the whole outcome. Just a hug. You never know what it's going to do. 1 John 4, 10 and 11 says, This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, We surely ought to love each other. Yeah, we weren't worthy of his love. I mean, we just sang about it. Oh, the blood of Jesus that washed away our sins. We wouldn't have needed Jesus if we were worthy. So when we see a person, be it a mass murderer or just Stinky Joe on the street, And we want to say, you know, and have all these judgments about him. Or even Sally sitting in the church. Self-righteous Sally judging everybody else. Every one of us have been hurt by people before. But how many of us have submitted that hurt to God, let him heal it, and we continue walking in love? God loved us when we were at our worst. And he died for them. 
If he found them worthy enough to die for, surely we can love them. Because the thing is, we maximize Christ when we focus on the love of God. We have that power. We have that ability in every choice we make of every day. It's not the problems we face. It's our reactions to the problems. It's not the people that rub us the wrong way. It's our reactions to the people. We can either maximize Christ in our lives and theirs, or we can decrease. In our actions of love, this is what people see. 1 John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. 1 John 3.14 We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brethren. He who does not love abides in death. 1 John 3.10 1 John is slap full of love, y'all. By this, the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor the one who does not love his brother. 1 John 4, 8. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. 1 John 2, 9 through 10. The one who says he is in the light and yet hates his brother is in the darkness now. They're okay. They're okay. The one who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. Or as Jesus says in John 13, 35, by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. You see, all people will have good evidence that you are born of God that you know God, that you are a child of God, and that you are in the light and no longer in darkness and death. People will know that you're a disciple of Jesus by whether you have been given a new heart of trust in Jesus and love for his followers. So your actions are going to tell people. Your actions are your fruit. You cannot say, I'm a child of God. I walk in the light. When you can't even love your brother. When you can't love thy neighbor. Because it doesn't, it doesn't add up. This was a strong point God brought up. When John thought about this new commandment, he knew that the new commandment was not an isolated commandment to love. But it's a commandment embedded in the call of of Jesus to trust him as your sin-bearing lamb of God for everything we need. That's what walking in love is. It's saying, Lord, they may not deserve it. They may be total knuckleheads, but I trust you. You're going to work it out. And no matter how hard it is on me to be nice to that coworker that's slashing my name, I'm going to walk in love. 
no matter how hard it is for me to get along with that family member that has done nothing but caused me despair my whole life, I'm going to trust in you. You are my redeemer. You are my defender. You are my provider. You are my source. So I am going to love on them because I don't have to do anything else. God is taking care of everything. The only thing we have to do is walk in love. That is your only job. Love God, love your neighbor. That is your only requirement. When you go through your day and problems arise, we don't have to be stressed. We have to say, Lord, your commandment is to love God and love my neighbor. Well, I'm going to love them, but I'm going to love you. And I'm going to trust that you've got this situation. So I'm going to sit here loving you and loving them, and I'm trusting that you got the rest. That's what this command is. It's a call to trust God. Love confirms that your profession of faith in Christ is real. This is why love is under attack. Look at your Facebook page. Look at your newspaper. Look at your news reports. People are hated because of the color of their skin. People are hated because... They're Christian or Muslim or Jew or whatever. People are hated because they want to fly a certain flag. People are hated because they don't want to fly a certain flag. People are hated because of who they want to marry. People are hated because of how old they are. People are hated because they're fat. People are hated because they're too skinny. Where is the love? And if love is missing, what's missing? God is love. So if we can kick love out of this world, we've kicked God out. We don't even have to take prayer out of schools or Ten Commandments off the, thing, off the sidewalk or off the walls. Let's just get rid of love. If God's gone, the rest will fall. This is why love is under attack. Because if we don't know how to walk in love, people aren't going to know that we are Christians. People aren't going to know who's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. People aren't going to know who was their source. When the fact of the matter is every person out there judging and hating is searching for love. Homosexuals are searching for love in the wrong places. Men and women in abusive relationships are searching for love in the wrong places. What do they need? They need God, but they need you. Because with you comes God. They need you to walk in love. They need you to not look like the world. The world looks like the world. They need something different. We're called to be different. We're called to stand out in a crowd. Why do kids like heroes? Because they do the impossible. Why do girls like princesses? Because they shine. They stand out above the rest. And yet we, the ones who are true royals, the ones with the power, take that power and throw it away. Well, I mean, I don't want to stir any waters. I don't want to stand out, you know. It's okay, I'll just, I'll step back here. 
That's crap. You're not called to stand back. You are called to be the salt and the light. You are called to be the hands and the feet. You are called to be love and action. It should be Christians that are hanging on posters on kids' walls. It should be the Commander Kellys that are in posters. It should be the Toby Macs that are selling out of CDs. Kids should be looking up and saying, I want to be a preacher. I want to be an evangelist. (gasps) I'm going to go to the far ends of the world. I'm going to ride on an elephant and preach the gospel to people. This is what kids should be wanting to do. But they don't want to do that because Christians don't even know who they are. Because instead of shining, we've covered our lamp. We've covered the light. We've forgotten how to walk in love and break the barriers with that love. It's our fault. It's not those who have sinned that have messed up. It's not the knuckleheads making these, you know, stupid rules and legislation things. It's not those that are suing the Christians. It's not their fault. They don't know how to walk in love because they've never seen it. It's our fault. Because we have love in the palm of our hands and we stick it in our back pocket instead of showing what it is. It's like having the sword and being in battle and letting yourself be killed. We have the power. John says in First John, 1 John 2, 9 and 8, Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in light. When we love each other in obedience to the new commandment, we are loving each other with the love of Jesus. It's not your love. You don't have anything of yourself. You are loving people with the love of Jesus, the one true answer. His love is being perfected in our love. And this isn't just an imitation. It's why I don't want to be fake. It's not an imitation. It's not being fake. It's being a manifestation of his love. That's what loving your neighbor is. It's manifesting his love in your life. Our lives are in Jesus in the light, and our love is his love. First John, or I'm sorry, not first John, John 15, 8. says, my father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. This is how people know you're his disciples. You are the branches. He's the vine. Abide in him and you will bear fruit. So the reason that our love for each other can show that we are truly his disciples is that it is only possible because we're grafted in to the love of Christ, to the life of Christ. It is only possible to love when you are grafted into the author of love. This is why we can't blame the world. They're not grafted into God, therefore they don't know what love is. 
This is why Pastor Brian's message about reset is so vitally important. And that's one that whether you've heard it once or twice, you need to listen to it multiple times a year. At least once a year, you should go back and listen to the Reset series. Because we need to be reset continually. The world will try to, you know, cover us up with its funk as it is. We have to continually go back and remember to reset ourselves. We can do it. We need to be reset. We need to be the light. We need to be love in action. So how about you love in foot washing like services to each other? How about you lay down your life, lay down your privileges for one another? You may have the right to go first, but let someone else have it. Love your brothers and sisters across all racial and ethnic lines. Love the weakest, the oldest, the youngest. Love the disabled. Love the lonely troublemaker that no one's ever loved. Because 1 Peter 4.8 tells us, most important of all, most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sin. So instead of asking, who is my neighbor? We need to ask, who am I? What grounds the way we think about our neighbors is actually our identity, not theirs. What matters first is who are we? So I don't care who you were this morning or who you were last time you were in Walmart. I want to know this moment, who are you? Who are you when your beliefs get criticized? When you want to fly that certain flag or don't want to fly that certain flag? Who are you when someone criticizes your loved ones? I know for some of us, that's a hot button. Push me in a corner all you want to, but you mess with my man, you mess with my babies, and let me tell you, I have to put down the flesh and choose to love you anyways. Because the fact of the matter is, I can't defend my husband and my kids as good as God can. So if I want them defended, I need to let God be in the situation. And I need to inject love. Who are you when someone makes a racist or a sexist comment? We can tell who we are. Look at our text messages. Look at our Facebook posts. Look at our emails to each other. Listen to the things we say when we're outside the church walls. Listen to yourself when you're in the car and someone cuts you off. Who are we? And then ask yourself this. Are there words of ignorance or actions of ignorance stronger than your identity in Christ? Because if you know who you are in Christ, it doesn't matter who they are. Because who you are in Christ means that you can sow love and you can help to change them. You can't change them, but love can. But it takes you sowing that love. Because you may be the only person that will. 
You may be the only example of love that they will see. And you may only have 30 seconds to do it. Some of us have days, months, years. Some of us, it may be our family members. It may be a co-worker, but it may just be that person in the grocery store. And when they know they were being a jerk and you sowed love instead, that may get the wheels turning. And go, you know, there is something different about that person. And if there's one, there's got to be another. Maybe I can be that person. You know, they were so sweet. I wish I could be like that. Maybe I can. And suddenly they get hope. There is a little love in this world. I want to help grow it. All because you sowed 30 seconds of love. Five seconds. Instead of operating in the flesh and fighting with our words, we need to understand the reality of the Spirit. Sin was never defeated with words. It was and it always will be defeated with love. It's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. It's the love of God that makes people want to change. It was the love of God that covered your sins, and it's the love of God that will cover theirs. God never said, defend me to that ignorant wretch next door. He said, love your neighbor. He didn't ask who they were. He didn't say only if they act this way or that. He didn't say if they deserve it or if they look like you, he just said, love your neighbor. And the reason he said it is because God is love. And when we inject God in the situ- or love in the situation, we're injecting God. And what does this world need right now? That is the only thing that will save this country and that will save this world is God. And it may only be those of us listening to this message and watching on live stream that start so in love. But what happens when 30, 40, 50 of us start so in love today? God doesn't return void. God is not a seed that withers away. I guarantee you, as you start so in love this instant, those are seeds that will come to harvest. And it's time for us to put down the flesh and walk in that spirit realm that Pastor Brian teaches us about. It's time for us to wake up each morning and say, I don't care what happened yesterday. I'm going to be reset today. I'm going to be the light. I'm going to be his love in action and nothing will cover up God and me. It's time that we realize who we are in Christ and start to act like it. Because we are not the world. And we don't need to act like it. The world needs us to be in the kingdom and of the kingdom. So, Father, we thank you today. We thank you for your love in us. We thank you for your strength in us. We thank you for the faith that we can answer the call to trust in you in all areas of our lives. We thank you that we operate in your love that we are manifestations on a daily basis of your love. I thank you, world, that though this world, or Lord, that though this world may be dark, we will shine for you. And not in ourselves, 
But when they look at us, they will see you shining through us. They will see your love. And they will come to us going, I don't know what it is. You're weird, but I like it. It doesn't make sense why you act this way. You are always happy. I don't know why. Have you seen this world? We're going to hell, but yet you're always smiling. And we get to tell them about you, about your love, about where they can really go, about life that they can live in abundance. Thank you, Lord, that our words and our lives preach your goodness and your love in every part of our day. Thank you that though it may look bad, we can trust in you and we can know, Lord, you said love thy God and love thy neighbor. The rest is yours. And so we choose to do that right now. We cast the cares of this world on you. We are not of this world. We may be in it, but we are not of it. We are of your kingdom. And from this moment forward, we will be ambassadors of your kingdom, ambassadors of your love, and we will fight sin with your love. And we thank you for the great honor of being used by you. We thank you that we get to be vessels of the love of God. That each and every day, we get to be your hands and feet. Thank you, Father. Thank you for that great honor. Thank you that each and every morning, we are reset. Each and every morning, your promises to us are new. Each and every morning, we are full full of your love, full of your peace, full of your faith, and overflowing onto this world because you are a God of abundance. And we thank you for it, Lord. And we choose from this moment forward to be that person, to be that love in action. And we praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all, it's not a small deal. You, you get to be the love of God. You are a part of Him. It's not just a book we read. It's not just a sermon we listen to. It's not just this mythological sweet by and by heaven and You know, this character we can't see sitting on a throne. This is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and He abides in you. You are carriers of Him and His love. So you need to wake up each day. Don't watch the news. Don't read the newspapers. Because here's the facts of the matter. It doesn't matter what the facts of the world are. If it's not the truth of God, it's not the truth. The world tells us we're all going to hell in a handbasket. But God says, you are my child, and I have set up mansions in heaven for you. Here's what you need to do. You need to get up each morning and say, praise God that you are a part of me and I'm a part of you. Praise God that no matter what is on that news channel or what is on that newspaper, I get to sow love today. 
I pray for this world. I pray for my leaders. I pray for the president, whether I like him or not. I pray your blessings on him. Because whether you like him or not, he is a man of influence. And what happens if that man gets saved? It doesn't matter what he did yesterday. If he receives Christ from this moment forward, he is your brother. He is a new man. And Jesus died for him just as much as he died for you. So it doesn't matter what's going on in this world. You and I have the power to change it. And it's time we start walking in that power. Don't take lightly who you are. You are so important. And God needs you. Because he called you his hands and his feet. And if you don't walk him and take him there, nobody will. You are important. Realize who you are each morning when you get up. Look in the mirror and say, all right, world, here I come. Love in action. I don't care what you got for me. And choose to be that every day. And reset every minute you have to. You screw up, you screw up. Choose from that moment forward, you're going to be different. I may have looked like the world a minute ago, but I'm going to look like God from this point forward. I'm going to walk in love. And if you need to turn around and go apologize, do it. There is nothing that speaks louder than when I hurt someone and I turn around and go, I am so sorry. It doesn't matter what happened. I shouldn't have acted that way. And I apologize. And I ask for you to forgive me. And they may cuss you out and all tell you where to go, but you listen. I understand. Have a great day. And then you walk away in love. That takes strength. Any weakling can throw a few curse words around. Any weakling can puff up like a puffer fish and look like he's something big and bad. It takes a strong person of God to walk in humility and to walk in love. So I encourage you each and every day, do that. Surround yourself with people that do that. And keep each other accountable. Because some days are easier than others. There are some days that I need to pick up the phone and I need to call Tara and I need to say, girl, you better speak into me because otherwise I'm going to tell this woman what I really think of her. And Tara needs to say, that's not what you really think of her. You love her. This is how we change the world. Uniting together and being his love in action. Realize who you are in Christ because he needs you. Father, we thank you that our identity is in you. We thank you that each and every morning you remind us how beautiful we are to you. We remind us, you remind us of the power that is flowing through us in you. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Night-night.
eyes of 